world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I'm bubbling inside this morning. I want you to know that. Betty got me a new shirt. By the way, we need Myra right now. I'm going to stop. Uh, just pray for Betty, cover Betty. She went to a school board meeting this, this morning. Now ask yourself this, ask yourself this. Why would a school board have a meeting at seven in the morning? Probably because they want a big crowd, right? They want everybody to come. So they're required by law to have a public meeting. So they do it at seven o'clock in the morning. And, and Betty, Betty went to that meeting. So we don't have to pay, pray specifically for her. Myra already prayed, but Betty, we're lifting you up. We're encouraging you. Uh, yeah, I'm bubbling this morning, bubbling this morning. Because, again, I wish you guys could sometimes share the conversations that the Holy Spirit has with me. And I don't, make the, I don't want this to sound arrogant or like, yeah, anything special about me. It's not that at all. Not that, that at all. I'm, com- I'm coming down the steps. And the Holy Spirit just said to me to ask you guys this. You ready? You ready? You ready, Clay? Ready, Glenn? You ready, Myra? Ready? Huh? That's what he's told me to ask you. So I'm going to ask you, why did God save you? You know what the answer? Because if we, and when we're in churchianity, Christianity, we bring people into church. We tell them, uh, you got to get saved so you don't go to hell. All right. But why? Why? In fact, the Bible says some are selected, not right. So I'm not, we can get into that discussion. Uh, why did God, why did God save you? A daring young man on that flying trapeze, why did he save you? It's like in a football game, football, NFL, they have the draft. Every year they have the NFL draft. And uh, the draft is each team goes out and selects the player that they want. So the God selected me. He picked me. Well, for what? Lord, do I have a position to play here? Is there something you would want me to do, Lord? Or did you just save me so I can be happier than everybody else? Is that what it is? Uh, you saved me so I can live my whole life being happier than everybody else and having more stuff than everybody else and being blessed. Ever. Why did you save me, Lord? Why did you do that? And why did you not save some of those other people? If you saved me, if you drafted me onto your team, if you adopted me into your family, what is it you want me to do? That's a great question, isn't it? That's a great question. Saved to do what? To give God all the glory. To give him yeah, all the glory. Yeah, yeah, listen, hey, James, I'm with you on that, but that is a platitude. That is a platitude. That is a, one of those easy sayisms that we all get out of the Bible. What does it look like? When you give God all the glory, the Bible says that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, living 
sacrifice. What does that look like? Because we have here in Christianity turned him into a living sacrifice with no requirement on us of what it is that we're supposed to do. And by the way, if I'm on the team and uh, in the midst of the football game, I, I do something, I make a play or whatever, and the, I'm, I'm playing uh, strong safety, and the defensive uh, outside linebacker comes over and criticizes me for what I did. I said, listen, I'm just doing what I've been coached to do. I'm, I'm doing this. Don't tell me I'm supposed to do that. And see, we get so much advice from other people about what it is we're supposed to do when the Holy Spirit tells us what we're supposed to do. And the question becomes, will you obey? Will you simply do what I ask you to do? And for the most part, we don't. We don't. Whether it be fear, doubt, unbelief, why me, whatever it could be, we do not present our body a living sacrifice. We don't do it. Somebody's yelling at me. I can hear you, producer. I can hear you yelling at me, Mr. Producer. There you go. So uh, I'm kind of on that today. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. The last last week in particular, kind of the ebb and flow of what we're doing regarding spiritual things and cultural things. That's what the whole. I'm, if somebody were to ask me to explain this show to someone, this is by the way, show eighteen hundred and something unbelievable. How would you explain this show? What what is it? What is it we do here? What, what do we do here? Let me see. It's show number eighteen hundred and twenty-two. Eighteen hundred and twenty-two. What do we do here? What do we do here? Because, you know, people are kind of sick and tired of just more religious mumbo-jumbo, more spiritual talk. And if you present your body a living sacrifice, what is it that we do? What is it, what is it you do? If you're dead to you and alive to him, what is it you do? And I would say that that question is probably never asked in church. And it's been one of my contentions that when I got radically born again, I wanted a media, I'm a player. I wanted in the game. I wanted in the game. I couldn't find a pastor to put me in the game. That's a, that sounds mean. I, I, I didn't mean it that way. I couldn't, yeah. I didn't want to get in the game in the church. I wanted in the game in the world. I wanted to be the salt of the world, not the salt. Of the I didn't want to be the uh, the usher. I didn't want to be the head of the men's ministry, although that's okay. I wanted to be the salt of the world. I wanted to go out and impact what's going on outside of Christianity. I wanted to expand the kingdom, that I've been called into a kingdom, just like some of you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. For, for what? And I think for the most part, we're never, ever challenged on that. If you, if you were to go into the average church and, Pastor, give you three minutes to stand up in front of everybody, and you would ask the average Christian sitting in the church, what's your purpose? What's your Christian purpose? I think they would stumble to tell you. I don't think they have any idea. Right? Present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's the least you can do. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the way you think. And once you start getting transformed by the way you think, it's going to appear. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show up. It's going to. Oh man, 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 man! Hey, Mel's got a Mel's got a uh, action for us tomorrow. Go ahead, Mel. Hey, good morning, everybody. So, um, Spencer, if you could go to the LibertyActionNetwork.com for me, please. 
Well, we know he can. We I'm, know he can. He's busy right now, but I'm just well, there. You, you mean go. if there he will? Is. I'm a wordsmith. If he will, because we know he can. I know right? he will do that for me. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Hey, if you'd scroll down the page, please, Spencer. Thanks. Um, so anyway, Coach had mentioned Cash Only Fridays. Craig and I are we're working on a bigger action, but I wanted to get this one out. This is going to be something that's ongoing. But um, you know, Coach had talked about you know Cash Only Fridays. I try to use cash whenever I can. Um, you know, waging a war against the move to digital currency. So there's a lot of reasons not to use a credit card. Um, and we do it out of just convenience and, you know, it's yep. in our pocket. We don't have to go to the bank. The records, but, we can keep the record. Yeah, yeah. We should yeah. just really make an effort to to use cash starting on Fridays. But then, like um, Jack had said, let's let's try to, you know, let it go beyond Fridays. But to start off, let's start with Fridays. You know, cash is private. It's not traceable. It doesn't fund, you know, the evil banking system. And and you control your cash without, you know, the government and banks trying to control you. So I think this is an easy action. We can all get on this one. And um, I just wanted to put that out there. So thanks, Coach. Okay. I'm right, writing down 18. What What is today? 1882? 1822? That's good, Mel. Eight, uh, remember, every time you use your credit card, you, you support the bank system. Is what, is what, you, what you do. I got Scully. Lord, help me get to where I want to go today. Uh, I just had a great comment. I had a great, uh, I was on with Alan Keys yesterday on, on Bridey. I got called at the last minute to do it, actually. And I, was, I was always, I, I'm always amazed that I get to, uh, <laughs> I get to play me- mental gymnastics with, that, with somebody like Dr. Alan Keys. Not only get to play mental gymnastics with him, but actually make him think deeper. I mean, to me, I, I'm, I'm a helmet head. <laughs> I'm just an old helmet head. And to think that I can go on there on Dr. Alan Keys and he and I can have a conversation. And I can bring up things that he hadn't thought about. And he brings up things I hadn't thought about. Man, man, he, he said at the end of the show yesterday, he said, man, coach, I feel so invigorated. And, and I did too. You know what invigorates you, friends? Truth invigorates you. Truth invigorates us. Especially when we find ourselves in the midst of darkness all around us. And you bring a little bit of light and a little bit of, you poke a hole in that darkness and it gives you hope. You say, oh yeah, yeah, there is a way out. There's one, there's a way out. And one of the points I brought up with, with Dr. Alan Keyes yesterday, and again, they, they have done such a great job of muddying the issue, muddying everything that's going on around us. Again, I, I got to say this because I'm, I'm kind of paranoid. Folks, I, I noticed yesterday on Alan Keyes' show, I'm looking up here a lot. This is where my monitor is. I don't want you to think I'm not looking at you. I'm looking in the camera. The monitor is up here. So, so that guy never looks me in the eye. Well, I'm, I'm trying to look in now. So I, I, said to, I said to Dr. Keyes yesterday, listen, here it is. They called the, the separation between the church and state. Uh, uh, we can't be teaching Christianity in the schools. Yeah, we know, right? We, so we've become an amoral, amoral uh, country, amoral country. And they're expecting tolerance and diversity. And tolerance and diversity simply means accepting that stuff you find in, uh, uh, unacceptable. That's what tolerance is. Accepting that which you find unacceptable. Here, just take it. Just tolerate it. It won't last very long. Just tolerate it. Just tolerate it. And it goes, it goes against the very essence of who you are. I don't want to tolerate that. But see, in the American culture and American society today, tolerance is the new value system. Who are you to judge? Who are you to speak out? Who are you to think you're right? Who are you to push your morality on me as they push their morality on you, right? 
So if they don't want me to push my morality on them, they are telling me to put my morality in my pocket and live by their set of rules. You see this, folks? This, there, there's, no, there's no middle ground. There ain't no middle ground. It's either okay to kill a baby or it's not okay. It is not a matter of opinion. A man can become a woman or he can't be. There is no middle ground. And we are losing this battle because we have removed the standard by which we all live. I'm going to get, I'm getting heading somewhere. Hang on there with me. So I, I started out yesterday and I said to Dr. Keyes, you know, the real problem is we could throw all this morality out the window. We can throw all this religion because that's that's what they're boxing us all in. I said, let's just start with this. Let's make this the new American creed. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Pull out out of morality, all that stuff. All that stuff, pull it all out of morality. If we all lived our lives according to that motto, that I won't do to you what I wouldn't want done to me. Don't do to others what you don't want done to you. That would eliminate all the problems in government, wouldn't it? Would it not? Hmm? Do, you, do you want to be do you want to be taxed so much that you can't you can't keep your house? Well, no. Well, then what don't do then don't do it to somebody else. You don't you don't want to force to uh, believe something that uh, that you don't think is true. Well, then don't force somebody else to do it. You don't you don't want to be banned because somebody doesn't agree with you. Well, then don't then don't do it to somebody else. Do you want to, at the heart of of moral Christianity. That's that that's the golden rule. And we can't even live by that. We can't even live by that. And if we look all around us, we see that the God-haters are, in fact, doing unto us what they would never let be done to them. Somebody say amen. Huh? See, amen. They, they, turned, amen. they turned it on their ear. They, are, they tell us, don't judge, and they judge. Right? They tell us not to say that, and then they say that. They say it not to hate, and then they hate. They, they do not do to others what they don't want done to themselves, and we let them get away with it. Because why? Because they've told us there's a separation between the church and state. Therefore, by saying that, they have said, in America, you are not allowed to judge somebody else as they judge you for judging. Do you get it? you get it? you see the games being played? And because those of us, see, because those of us who call ourselves Christians, who go by Christian principles, we don't judge because why? We are, in fact, trying to live by the golden rule. You say, what do they always say to you? Well, you wouldn't want to be treated like that, would you? You wouldn't want to be bullied. You wouldn't want to be made fun of because of your sexual preference. No, you're right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. No, no, I wouldn't. And I also wouldn't want sexual uh, morality, immorality shoved down my throat. And I certainly don't want it shoved down the throat of my children. Why would you do that to my children? As they, am I picking this up with me? So they've turned it all upside down on us. And they live by one set of standards and demand we live by their set of standards. While they say to us, don't bring your morality in here. Quit trying to push your morality on me. as they. Demand you obey theirs. Come on, this is so, huh? And those of us in the church, see, we are so do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so I'm just going to ask yourself this, thinking about what's going on with the, the transgenderism in the schools and the abortions and all that stuff. Hey, listen, if you were an unborn baby, would you want to be killed? That's pretty simple, isn't it? Hmm. If you were a parent, would you want somebody teaching your children stuff you don't believe in? 
No. Hmm. If you were a parent, would you want your school system having a set of rules whereby if you tell them something, they don't notify the parents? Would you, would you want your child to know something and you didn't know they'd ever been taught that? No, we wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that, would we? You'd be doing unto others the way you would. Hmm. If you were a parent, would you want the idea of transsexualism taught to your child? Well, no. Well, why, they, what, why do they do it? Why are they okay to teach their value system to my children, but I'm not okay to teach my value system to their children? You, are you, anybody picking it up yet? Anybody see what's going on? So therein lies, therein lies our, there, there lies, man, the golden rule. Throw all the rest of them out. If you don't want it done to you, don't do it to somebody else. That'd be the, that'd be the only law we make. That's the only law we need. If you don't want it done to you, don't do it to them. And if you don't want it done to you and you do it, that's a crime. Anybody out there want to pay more taxes? Huh? Well, then don't do it to me. You picking up here? Picking up here? And so somewhere along the line in, in churchianity, we've been taught that we're not to impact the culture, right? Oh, we're to tolerate. We're, so, we're supposed to bend over and let them do whatever the heck they want to because we're not to judge. They've created their own value system that they're forcing down our throat, and we don't even get it. So we've reached a point where, for the most part, oh, i got so much, so much stuff to give you here. Play Bob Dylan. Because here ultimately, here it is ultimately, here's the issue. And we will not just freeze it a second. Hey, folks, at the end of the day, you got to serve somebody. Go ahead. This year, nominated for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance, here is Bob Dylan. Can't hear it. Okay, you can stop up there, huh? There it is, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman out of the mouth of Bob Dylan. How long ago do you suppose that was written? 
By the way, this goes on and on and on. Put it in the chat because I know people are going to want to go listen to it. At the end of the day, you're going to have to serve somebody. And the great thing about uh, the world in which we live, you get the chance to decide who it's going to be. But ultimately, there's only two. You serve God or you serve the devil. Now, you can serve yourself, which is nothing more than a manifestation of serving the devil. Because if you are a born again Christian, you can't serve yourself because you're dead. (laughs) And so we sit around and we think that somehow we can survive in a culture, in a society where we don't agree on right and wrong. Who are you to judge as they constantly judge us? Can two walk together lest they agree? Can we walk together lest we agree? I don't think we can. I don't think we can. I'm looking at something here. Hmm. We've been here before. We've been here before, friends. And I'm going to try to show you some of this, although some of the stuff can get kind of dicey and deep. I don't want it to. But I, I thought it would be really good for us if we went back in history a little bit and pulled up. We've been here before. Pull up the Declaration of Independence. Pull that up for me. <clears throat> Get it up on the screen. How many of you read have read it? I'm going, to try, I'm going to give you a real fast read of this thing. I want you to ask yourself, the more things change, the more they remain the same. July 4th, 1776. When in the course of human events, it becomes... Ne- hey, folks, words have meaning. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary. Necessary. Why? Because two can't walk together unless they agree. It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands with, with what, which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God. See, they don't believe in the laws of nature and nature's God. Entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We have, listen, I'm sorry, all of you out there probably broke up with a girlfriend, broke up with a marriage, and you got to the point where you can't, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't do this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, truth. We, see, truth is, we're not even allowed to talk about it, because Oprah would say, you have your truth, and I have my truth. But we hold these truths to be obvious. All men are created equal, endowed by their creator certain unalienable rights. Among these rights are life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, what? To secure these rights, governments are created. I reworded it. To secure these rights, governments are instituted amongst men. What, why is government instituted? To secure rights. Which rights? Right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. See, our rights don't come from the government. Their job is to secure them. And they derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. They don't get a right to govern me if I don't give, I give them authority to. And, and by the way, that's the heart of Christianity, isn't it? I surrender to Jesus, and I give him the right to rule over me. I submit to him. Right? That whenever any form of government comes destructive of these ends, it's the right of the people to abolish it, order to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundations of such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect the safety and happiness. Prudence indeed would dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. Do you even know who those people who are those bureaucrats running our government? Who picked them? How did they get how did they get that power over us? Uh, when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it's the right, it's the duty 
to throw off such government, to provide new guards for the future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their foreign systems of government. The history of the present king of the history of the present government of America is the history of repeated injuries, usurpations, all having a direct object, the establishment of an absolute tyranny of government over these states. To prove this, let these facts be submitted. I'm not going to read them down to you. But they go down there and they read all these things that the king's doing, and it's the exact same thing we could do it today. All these things the government's doing, right? So that happens. It becomes our right and it becomes our duty, right? So while they were arguing this, I'm going to show you another one. I'm going to open it up here. I promise. Then we heard from uh, Patrick Henry. Play Patrick Henry. And, I'm, you know, we all know Patrick Henry. I don't know this guy. I came across this. This guy's name is Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink. I don't know anything about him. He's got a devil. He's got a spear behind him. But I, I, want, you to, I want you to ask yourself, give me, give me liberty. Or give me, what do you suppose, if we would have been in that room, what do you suppose was the emotion coming out of Patrick Henry when he said that? Hmm. Was he? Did he just stand up and say, uh, appealing to the my general friend across the aisle? You think so? You think there was some passion behind this guy who's standing up saying, "Listen, <laughs> dude, it's it's make or break time. It's make or break time." That's what Patrick Henry says. Go ahead and play this. Let us not, I beseech you, deceive ourselves. We have done everything that could be done to avert the storm which is now coming on. We have petitioned. We have remonstrated. We have supplicated. We have prostrated ourselves before the throne and have implored its interposition to arrest the tyrannical hands of the ministry and parliament. But our petitions have been slighted. Our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded and we have been spurned with contempt from the foot of the throne. In vain. After these things, may we indulge in fond hope of peace and reconciliation? There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, we must fight. I repeat it, sir. We must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell us that we are weak. Unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Will it be the next week or the next year? Will it be when we are totally disarmed and when a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies shall have us bound hand and foot. 
Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles with us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. The war is inevitable, and let it come. I repeat it, sir, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. And the land we hear idle. What is it that we gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear? or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Wow, huh? Wow. wow. <laughs> give me liberty or give me death. Now I want to <clears throat> I want to do one more thing. I'm going to open it up. The Lord's tying all this together for me. If you would go to go to I just sent it standalone. Go to Colossians, if you could for me, there, Spence. As a standalone email. I see you stacking up. I'll get you in here. I want to I want to make this point though. <clears throat> Because we're not taught this stuff, okay? This is uh, Paul's letter to the Colossians. Uh, go down to about verse. Uh, uh, go down to verse six. I'm going to start there. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Folks, that's what's happened to us. We've been spoiled by what? Through men, through vain philosophy, through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men. And we have reached a time 
when this this war that is raging around us, the spiritual war that is raging around us is reaching the point where it is going to manifest in the natural. Somebody say amen if you think I'm nuts. They are right now, they are right now trying to convert innocent little children into the scourge of homosexuality and transgenderism and the average Christian man in Christian church don't give a damn. Amen. Amen. What does the Bible say they're waiting for? Huh? They're waiting for the manifestation. Does anybody know what it says? Huh? Waiting for what? What are they waiting for? The returning of Jesus. The manifestation of the sons of God. Manifestation. Hey, Spencer, pull that up. Mr. Webster, what's a manifestation of the sons of God? Manifest. Manifestation. What's that saying? The act of disclosing what is secret, unseen, or obscure. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Waiting for... The sons of God come out of hiding. The act of disclosing what is secret, unseen, or obscure. Discovery to the eye or to an understanding. The exhibition of anything by clear evidence displayed as a manifestation of God's power in creation or his benevolence and redemption. The secret manner in which acts of mercy ought to be performed requires the public manifestation of them at the great day. What's the Bible say? Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Where is that? I thought I had it over here. I couldn't find it. Manifestations of the son of God. Look it up, Myra. Look it up for me. I want you to read it so you know I'm not kidding. The whole earth groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. Where is it? Is that it? No. I got to get it. Rudiments of the world. Manifestation. Chapter 8. Romans 8. That's where it is. I didn't copy it. Romans 8. Thank you, Dan. Romans 8, 11, I believe. Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. I'm going to get you in here. I got to get this off me. I got to live with me today. But Connolly mind Romans 8, what? There it is. Go to verse, uh, start at 10. I'm just guessing, start at 10. And if Christ be in you, your body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. It's in me. Therefore, brothers, we're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after all that stuff that we can get. Just name it, claim it. For if you live after the flesh, baby, you're going to die. But if you live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. I'm I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. For if you live after the flesh, you shall, I'm sorry, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Whoa, you ready? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Who? Those who are led by the Spirit of God. My sheep hear my voice, and another voice they shall not hear. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, brothers and sisters, but you have received the spirit of adoption, been adopted. You are a brother to Jesus. You are a co-laborer with Jesus. But whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now look, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God. We are. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Go on down. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Spencer, go back to Webster. What was manifestation? The act of disclosing what is secret. The sons of God are coming out of hiding. What do we just read? The whole world waits for the manifestation, for God's men to show up. God, is this deep? And see, we've been taught in our churches that the devil's in charge. Oh, that devil. We just got to keep that devil off of us. Just pray those prayers to keep him off of us while they pollute the minds of our children in public schools and destroy everything good about our nation. We retreat and go on hiding, hoping to be raptured when the word says they're waiting for us to show up. <clears throat> good things are getting ready to happen. Ali, Ali, and free. Come out, come out wherever you are. Quit hiding behind the curtain. Okay, Coach, what was that scripture that you just read? I, I don't that. know. I don't know. Romans 8. Romans 8. Manifestation of the sons of God. Huh? Do you get the picture? It's like playing peekaboo. Peekaboo, I see you. You don't see me, but I see you. Secret service hiding Christians. And Paul tells us the whole creation's waiting for us to come out of the closet. Come on out. Come on out. It's okay. Come on out. Because why? The whole world's waiting for us to show up to put things back in order. But we're being taught in our churches that it's only going to get worse. Oh, doggone. Clean up on aisle six. All right, come on in, Kevin. All right, so we believe in the golden rule, which is... No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. I don't know about you, but I do. Okay. I'll tell you why. Okay, do unto others as you would have done unto you, which was given by Christ Jesus. Notice that there is perfect balance, and it is just in that. Now, look at the opposition and the rule that they believe in. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's right. That's right. Unjust, unjust weights and measures. We know what the Lord says about unjust weights and measures. Now, look at how Congress will pass laws and then exempt themselves from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, That's right. it is so antithetical to our system of government <clears throat> where you're supposed to have to live under what you do in public service. My friend, that is tyranny, and tyranny is satanic. 
So the golden rule should be the motto of America, not one nation under God. It should be the golden rule, do unto others. If you don't want it done to you, don't do it to somebody else. If you don't want your money stolen in taxation, don't do it to somebody else. If you don't want people to pick up your bill for what you've done, then don't do that to somebody else. This isn't hard. This isn't even Christian. I mean, it is, but it isn't. And see, the other side, they want to make sure that they do unto you. <laughs> they do unto you what they don't want done to them. That's, what, that's, how, that's, that's the converse. That's the devil's golden rule. Do unto you what I don't want done to me. My goodness, what a revelation. George and then Paul and Jack. George, Paul, Jack. Thank you, Coach. Um, Where do I begin? First, I I wanted you talked about uh, Bob Dylan saying you have to serve one God. Well, I saw it here and somewhere. I don't know who put it in. I watched that Bob Dylan say which God he serves, along with all of the others. They serve the rain man, which is Satan. And I saw it from this man named Walter Veith, V-E-I-T-H, in his mm-hmm. things, Amazing Discoveries. He, episode 71, things are not as they seem. And put it in the he, chat. Put it in, put it in the chat. Okay. I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know how to. Well, just, just go get it. Just go find the link to the, to the video, copy, and paste it in the chat. See, Coach, I got Volta, and they Hang won't. Me, they won't. Janine, I know you can find it. Janine, I know you can find it. Amazing. Find that horse, Janine, yeah. and put it in the chat. What, which one we'll is take it? Care of it. We'll okay, take care it's, of it. it's Walter V. Sermons, and then episode seventy-one. And seventy-one. Things, all, things are not ep- as they seem. And episode that, seventy-one. That one shows you all the the Hollywood uh, people telling yes. you who they serve, the Rain Man. Yep. The other one. Where listen, I listen. Hang, hang on a minute, George. Hang on. Listen. Hey, folks, you're serving somebody. Huh? Money, sex. You're, you're serving somebody, man. It's going to be whether or not you're going to serve in a righteous manner. But if you think that you're, hey, George Soros is serving somebody. How do I know? Because that dude's going to die. <laughs> At the end of the day, he ain't in charge, baby. He's serving somebody. And he's getting all his rewards here now. But he's still serving somebody. Go ahead, George, quickly. Okay, that that I, I'm I don't I'm Satan's messing with my mind here. I can't think straight. I'm about, I'm going to push mute. Well, then just take captive every thought, exalt yourself against the knowledge of God. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, Coach um, Jocko Rogan and Coach Dave. What are we all trying to do here? We're trying to tease out the truth. This is the way I look at it. Um, those guys are uh, pretty well known. Uh, he's a he's a uh, Seal, just so you know, that's a triton behind him. That's not something demonic. But okay. these guys, these guys are are real men. We're you know we're just waiting for the time to unsheath manifestations of the Son of God, right? Absolutely, it's the, the way, the truth, and the light. It's the way I see it. They may not have gotten to Christ yet, but they don't put up with BS. They don't like lies. They're teasing out the truth. That's what this is about. You don't have to be a Christian to love truth, friends. Uh, you don't have to be a Christian to love truth. You don't have to be a Christian to do unto others. You don't have to be. But see, they get away with it because those of us who carry the name of Christ, by the way, the sons of God, the manifestation of the sons of God, the, the dark side is waiting for us to stand up and say, stop it, that's enough. And we don't do it. We vote for Republicans, thinking maybe they'll do it. Jack. Yeah, you, you touched on so many points this morning, Coach. I know um, I did. 
Oh there ain't a Lord. show like there ain't a show like this in America. Go ahead. That's right, because you challenge us. And some of us are already challenged. <laughs> anyway, in both senses of that word. Anyway, um uh, uh did Mr. Wordsmith, didn't a certain word in Patrick Henry's speech uh stand out to you that is unusual? It's remonstrance. Yes. You should be looking at that. Remonstrance. Okay. Remonstrance yep. is part of the um, your ability to demand redress of grievance. Um, so we should be using that word. We use that word in Maine because that's that is actually in the Maine Constitution part of the redress of grievance process. And we went and looked that up and studied that, and we presented the governor and others with six remonstrances. If you want to pronounce it. Anyway, something to study. Um, can you throw, thing, throw remonstrate up there if you can, Spence? Do it real quickly. Remonstrate in Webster. Remonstrate. The reason. Remonstrate. R-E-M-O-N-S-T-R-A-T-E. Remonstrate. There it is, down to the bottom. <clears throat> to exhibit or present strong reasons against an act, measure, or any course of proceeding to expostulate. To suggest urgent reasons in opposition to a measure. We've got to show up and stand up. That's to remonstrate. Go ahead, Jack. It's a it's a it's a much stronger word than to demand um to show it's a much strong stronger. representation of reasons. A strong representation of reasons. Jeff yeah, Klein the other thing is we touched on goes, yeah, go the, the, the um the golden rule is simple, and that's what you said. It's supposed to be simple. And that's why the Supreme Court ruled early on that law, the practice of law, is a common right of man and cannot be licensed. The lawyers have made it complicated. See, it's supposed to be simple because it's based on, originally what you're talking about is exactly what it was based on, the golden rule. And the government is only supposed to protect our rights not supposed to control our actions. And then they, they grant no rights. They defend rights. That's right. They defend rights. Jack, I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. Go, Mark. Yeah, Coach, I wanted to mention it's about timing. It brought back Gideon. Manifestation is uh, revealing. So revealing always is a timing thing. Like, for instance, Gideon only had a few candles. When did he light them? He had to wait till night when it was dark. So we are going to light up in the darkest hour and do the most damage. Timing, right, Coach? Yes, sir. That's That's the way I see it, man. We're not going under. We're going over. Huh? Why? Because it's a victorious gospel, folks. Listen, I don't. You want me to say it? You want me to say it? Okay, I'll say it. The rapture isn't victory. Folks, running from a fight isn't victory. I'm sorry. Amen. I'm sorry. We may be victorious in that we're protected and all that stuff, but ain't no victory in that. Christ, Christ, the Bible says he's going to crush Satan's head. He's going to do it. Victory at the end of this thing. And the idea that we don't want to get engaged, that we just want to be pulled out of here so we can go sit in some theater and watch what happens here. That's, that I'm sorry, that ain't Christian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Clay. I'm sorry, Jeff Klein. Jeff, then Clay. 
Go to school board meeting tomorrow night, six o'clock. Here's what I've done. I told you I went to Hang the on. Don't don't wait a minute. Don't give out all the secrets. No, I'm not. Okay. Go ahead. This ain't no secret. This is gonna they're, be they're listening. They're listening, dude. They're listening. Go ahead. Well, well, here's what happened. I went up at child support agency, had that good meeting. Well, yesterday I looked out my phone and the county commissioner I ran against that was supposed to be a pastor five years ago, looked out my phone, it says Bill Purcell. I'm like, yes, they finally called me back. So he called, had a good conversation with him. And I just told him, I said, why are we sitting back? You remember when I ran for county commissioner, we were supposed to be leaders of the county. I need the leaders of the county. I said, I've already been up child support agency. He said, yeah, I know. I've already talked to that lady. He went upstairs. <laughs> it yeah. is the buzz through the building up there, child children protection, the county commissioners. So, And I'm thinking, here we got three commissioners, all say they're Christians. All three of them, one's supposed to be a, been a pastor. So I called him out. I said, when are we going to stand up against this evil that's coming in our schools? You three up there are leaders. I'm expecting you to participate in this. As a matter of fact, why don't you come to the school board meeting, 6 o'clock Thursday night, and see what's going on in these schools? You know, it's like, so, so the Because the Bible says thought, that if you know the what? trumpet blast is uncertain, who will go to war? And there ain't anybody who's going to blow the trumpet and say, this must stop. Nobody does that. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock is there. You got three minutes. You got three minutes, Jeff. You got three minutes. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to shut me down, but I'm going to stand up and speak anyways. They shut me off. So I'm going tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock to the county commissioner's meeting. Once a week, they have their meeting public. And I'm going to walk in and you know, they're going to crap. They'll be like, this idiot is here. We know what he wants. So we'll just show up tomorrow. Two meetings in one day. Commissioners. That's manifestation of the son of God right there, folks. Huh? That's the manifestations of the sons of God. Clay, come on. Amen. Clay and then Janine. Myra, I'm not forgetting you there. I'll get to you in a second. Clay and then Janine. Go ahead. Well, you ask Coach why why God would choose me to be saved. I don't I don't know the answer to that. But I can tell you that that's the number one question I have almost every day is what will you have me do, Lord? What will you have me do? I wish there were to, uh, that I could wake up in the morning and have an instruction sitting on the table from God, giving me an direct orders, you know. Uh, but I know that John 15, I think it is, says, Jesus uh, says, a branch in me that does not bear fruit is taken away, cut off from the vine and thrown outside and burned. I don't want that to happen. And Mark was talking about timing. So I try to be ready for my assignment. And you know that being a coach, if you're sitting on the bench and you're in shape, you're ready to go play. And that's hard to do. But if you get out there on the field and you run around running a play that the coach didn't order, you're going to cause chaos out on that field. Mm. So I'm just sitting here prepared and ready and training and going for duty, sir. Ready for duty, right? Reporting for duty. I was a football coach and special guys. I put in at special times. Huh? Not every, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not everybody was out there on the field all the time. Special guys for special times. Janine. I find it so interesting that you would bring up Romans 8 because last Sabbath um, I spent four hours uh, presenting Romans 1 through 8 because we don't know who we are and what we have in Christ. 
if, if people would do a study one through eight, it would show who you are, what you are, how you should walk, how you should have victory in Christ. If you've got a drinking problem, you've got porn, if you've got whatever it is, it shows you how to have that victory and to walk in it. And then after all of that, he shows you what your purpose is. Then it comes to chapter eight, where it shows you the manifestation of the sons of God. I couldn't believe you were presenting this. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. I can't believe I'm presenting it either. But it's, uh, uh, Janine, see, we, we, we've got this mindset that if we just pray, God will make it happen. And you look at any, anything, David had to pick up a rock and sling it. Samson had to pull down the pillars. There was never, Moses had to stand and hold up the tablets. There was never, ever a situation where God did something that he didn't do it through a man. God works through people. Boom. Not all the time. And, and victory I mean, there has are to miracles. Come. Victory and the judgment comes at the house of God first. So if we don't start Amen. cleaning up our own act, how can we get out there and pull Amen. down the strongholds? Amen. Amen. Hey, so Janine, let me tell everybody out there that's listening. One of the reasons I live a, uh, try to live a clean life, I do. I really try to. It's because I've been through it. And I understand what it's like when you stand up and you speak for the Lord. And then next day in the newspaper, some scandal appears that they found out about you from 10 years ago. And they throw it on the front page to try to discredit you. You know what I'm talking about out there? Huh? Because, see, the world doesn't understand becoming a new creature in Christ. They don't understand it. They say, oh, yeah, well, didn't you do this? Yeah, that's my testimony. I did. I used to do that. I used to be in the kingdom of darkness. And now I'm, I'm, now I'm this new guy. So you see, you guys keep talking about that old guy over there. But I want to tell you something. You have to be very, very careful because when you stand up publicly, boy, the enemy is going to come after you publicly. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And if you're standing up publicly, you can't be surprised when they come at you publicly. That's the way the enemy operates. And so you have to brace yourself and control yourself and understand that they are going to throw a lie at you about you. And you really will have no chance to defend yourself. You'll have no chance to defend yourself. And so the best thing that can happen, I've, I've lived it, is to pick up the paper and read that, dare I say it, horse crap that they're writing about me and knowing it ain't true. I don't care what everybody else thinks. I don't care. Those are all, see, those who believe that crap don't like you to begin with. They're hoping it's true. Right? But what they want to do, that's why some men won't stand up publicly because you don't have on the belt of truth. Well, this is good. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth. Some men won't stand up publicly because they're not living truth. And when they stand up, if you don't have a belt on, what happens to your pants, Clay? If you stand up and you don't have a belt on, what happens to your pants? You get exposed. You get exposed. So I'm telling you, the devil, that is one of his greatest weapons. Guard your character. Guard your character. That you know at the end of the day, 
When I stand before the Lord, I'm going to say, Lord, you know I didn't do that. You know that I didn't do that. That's all. That's all. You can't control the Columbus Dispatch or the Newark Advocate or Channel 10. You can't control any of that stuff. At the end of the day, it's just you and the Lord. And you know I didn't do that, Lord. I didn't do that. That's Hey, folks, you'll never, if you think, if you think you can keep ahead of the devil in regards to protecting your reputation. I'm more worried about my character. Character is who I really am. Reputations is who others think I am. Those aren't the same. Those aren't the same. So keep your character clean. Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you. I'm in agreement with my beautiful sister, Janine. The Bible verse was Romans 8.19. And... um, Holy Spirit, thank you for your impact on this gathering in regard to what you do uh, five days a week. That it's much better than the news. Watch Coach Dave. And we were talking that with Benny. Um, Matthew 25, 34 through 35. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye breasts of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. Because, coach, for I was hungry and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Martin Luther said this. Boy, do I have time to get this? Yeah, hang on, Spencer, I'm sending it to you. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know what the difference is between confession and profession? Probably don't. Hunter, do I send it to you? Or Spencer, do I send it to you or to Jared? Doesn't matter. Jared. Okay, here it comes. Um, this from Martin Luther. Martin, not, not Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther. Profess. I just pulled up profess right here. Profess means... Excuse me. A professor speaks from a position of truth, right? I profess. It's what I believe. To confess is not the same as, okay. If I profess with the loudest voice and clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, except precisely that little point which the world and the devil at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ. Oh, I lost it there. I'm not confessing Christ. However boldly I might be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all of the battlefields besides is merely flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. Amen. If you cower at the moment when the voice of truth is so needed, you ain't worth a pint of, you know what? Amen. Amen, 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 amen. God. Amen. Put that in the chat. What? Can you put that in the chat, please? Put that in the chat. What a time to be alive, huh? That possess the loudest voice. 
the clearest exposition. Yeah, I can talk all I want to. I can go to church and hear the pastor preach on all that stuff, and he isn't even covering the most important thing at all. Right here, right now, they are after our children. They're eating our children, and he doesn't even talk about it. He ain't worth a pint or whatever. Sorry. Love you all. See you tomorrow.